This is War Room Moments, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and most relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. War Room Moments is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board. Here's your host, Jason Miller. Hey, welcome to today's episode of War Room Moments. My name is Jason Miller, your podcast host. And today I have a great guest with me today, Mike Stewart. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you here, brother. Hey, Jason. Glad to spend some time with you, man. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah. And I always say at the beginning, every one of these, I'm really horrible at introducing people. Um, So if you could just tell the audience about who you are and what your superpower is. Sure. I'll, uh, I'll give you the short version though. It'll take yeah, a while. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Stewart, I worked primarily the past many years as a business broker and a business coach. And I found those two really go hand to hand. So I've got a company I've started called Vision Fox Business Advisors. Uh, I've been working as a business broker since about 2008. Uh, basically, we help people either buy businesses, sell businesses, or grow their business, depending on where they're at in life. And I know you guys do some great work in the uh, very similar space to Sab when it comes to yeah. uh, more of the focus on the coaching parts, but um, the brokerage piece is what what uh, will probably pique most people's interest that are are uh, listening on the show sure. today. And you know, how have you really saw that start to frame out in the in the brokerage? side of things, you know, I hate to say post pandemic, but I mean, uh, with the boomers going out, the new people coming in, you know, how do you see the buy sell stuff happening and, uh, in the market today? Great question. So still the market's very active. There was a pause during the pandemic, a lot of unknowns. Uh, some businesses were more resilient or more, uh, interesting than others. And a lot of the service businesses have proven to be really great business models, uh, manufacturing is always interesting because the cost of goods and shipping from China and just all the moving parts there. But um, really, probably one thing that hasn't changed, and I'll, I'll kind of answer it the other way, is one thing that hasn't changed is business owners not thinking ahead about that the day may come when they want to sell their business. Um, you know, we all get so excited. And I know you, you've lived in these shoes for a while, just like I had. You get so excited to have a new startup and do something fresh and new, and you have all this enthusiasm, and you wake up and three, five, 10 years goes by and you really haven't thought about an exit plan. And to me, that's uh, that's one thing, unfortunately, hasn't changed a whole lot is just being prepared to have a business that's uh, marketable. Yeah, for sure. Well, you're kind of in that pulse line of, of uh, you know, the market, you know, you talk about manufacturing and goods and all these things coming from overseas and so on and so forth. And you're seeing that real time with companies you're trying to sell. Have you seen the supply chain really become a big cause and effect of people wanting to sell? You know, it has. You know, I think so many business owners have been focused on stability, though, the past probably even 12 months is, you know, maybe they had a plan on selling before. Now things have just got even more unique. Uh, so probably up until the past, maybe four or six months ago, most business owners have been working on survival mode. 
Uh, and that includes just a good example would be like a large manufacturing company who's been uh, very capable over the years. But if you haven't taken a price increase in four months, six months, you're probably going out of business. And it's so easy to not be focused on some of those smaller things. I know that's part of what you guys help with is making sure that you're you're focused on where's the business today because it's so different today than it was even three or four months ago. Um, but I, I'm starting to see a lot of interest, a lot of uh, you know, private equity firms, and they start kind of coming out, looking at big business, looking to invest in it. it shows a lot of confidence in what's going on right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's like a whole nother, like three-headed dragon right there, the whole investors and yeah. angel investors. And, you know, we work with several companies that are in that space and, you know, people think it's easy to, you know, go pitch your stuff and then people will give you money. Well, it's not that easy, right? So, <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> that's not, for sure. Yeah. It's a lot more complicated than that, you know, and I'm, I've never really been a guy to like sit down and like write out a business plan necessarily, right? Like the traditional business plan, right? Right, right. You know, hundred pages of garbage, really. Yep. Most of <laughs> a lot, a lot of them are. But. A lot of it is. It's just garbage. But but if you don't take the time to do it, you're never going to get there with that with that angle. I suppose it's kind of like selling, right? You have to. I'm sure there's certain you know documentation that has to be in place, all that kind of stuff, and and. Can you yes. kind of walk walk people through that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. That, thanks for asking too, because that, that's probably one of the biggest problematic parts of selling a business. Um, yeah. And that's where, quite honestly, I get where I'm very selective on who I take on, just because there can be a lot of work for something that they're just not ready to go to market. Um, so some examples yeah. would be having you know, really clean PL statements and balance sheets that you know professional does and signs off on. And if you've got great bookkeeping and great tax returns, that's a big part of adding value to your business. Um, you know, I've got some people I've spoke to that have been in businesses that were cash only for the most part, you know, sometimes daycares and restaurants. There's a few industries still that are high percentage cash. And, uh, you know, I don't judge that, but basically the amount of money that you stole from the government over the three, four, five years, you devalued your company by that same amount. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's your strategy, but I think, again, it goes into understanding an exit plan that whether it's a pandemic, taking on a partner, expanding, needing a loan for the business, there's a point in time that having a business that's clearly valued at a, a number versus not having enough data to support it. And the other, uh, the other piece is so many owners that work in the business. And you know, I can't replace every business owner if I was a buyer. So having a business that a true business owner can come in and still operate it, even if the owner's not there. And that's really, you know, one of the biggest, one of the biggest obstacles I see for a lot of people that want to exit. They've been such a big part of the business for so many years and haven't delegated and never truly had the role as a CEO that when a new owner comes in, it's just almost impossible to replace them. Yeah. Pretty hard to do a left seat, right seat on something where there's nothing documented, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's not the fun part. But let's face it, most of us business owners enjoy the things we enjoy and documenting it and right. having processes and procedures and 100 page business plan you talked about. You know, there's not a lot of people that enjoy doing that. So outsourcing right. that piece of it uh, to be prepared makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. It's like I know that's a piece that 
that because uh, my wife runs her own PM firm. Yeah. And yeah. and she does that very same, just that simple thing for companies, right? Is takes all their stuff and helps them do that full documentation process <coughs> of, of their company. And brokers love that. Absolutely. Love yeah. That. They're yeah. like, holy crap, you have all this documented. Sweet. <laughs> they just don't, they don't see it that often. That's why right. they get so excited. I can tell you that's yeah. uh, I've got a business. <laughs> I walked into their storeroom and could see how detailed their inventory was and get yeah. just almost giddy because I knew everything else would follow suit. And it did. <laughs> so it takes either an owner who's very detailed and, and on top of it, or having a partner that you can outsource to yeah. like that. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I also think that, well, what's your take on this? So, you know, we have all this stuff going on in the marketplace right now where the employees are kind of running the show and this, that, and the other, the great resignation, all that stuff, right? So we have the boomers going out kind of, you right, know, right. quite a bit, right? They're kind of starting to exit on out the door. And now we got this whole gen, gen X, you and I, we're moving up, right? And we're like stuck partially in between their train of thought, right? <laughs> so right. Absolutely. Like, we still have those old school thoughts, but we're right. still fresh and not <laughs> right. like the younger guys right. coming in. Yeah. Right. So <clears throat> it's like, yeah, we can be hip and cool, but probably not if we don't. A little tough. Them, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. little, little tough. Right. No, no snowflake. <laughs> That's right. That's <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah. So how do you see that transition happening? Uh, when it comes to like selling businesses and brokerage. Yeah. So it's absolutely a changing of the guard. I mean, anybody, anybody anywhere on planet earth right now has seen the workforce shortage. Um, mm. And I'll touch on my opinion of that. It's been just a perfect storm that we've had <clears throat> boomers who are getting close to retirement, who had great 401ks that, because of a great stock market right before that pandemic comes and now it becomes time to retire a little bit earlier. They can afford it, number one. Pandemic creates a lot of unknowns and they exit the workforce. And for years, we've seen a decline in population where you know families are having, I'm a good example, I've got one son where my great grandparents probably had six or eight kids because they had a farm and all these things that need to take place. So as we have less people available to work, that's definitely shifting how work is being done. Uh, seeing a lot of automation, you know, technology is definitely enjoying that. There's, you're seeing a even a higher degree of automation technology coming into every industry right now. Mm. And I think the consumer is starting to get used to that. I mean, you and I, like you said, we're kind of in between generations. So it's this new world we live in. I find it difficult sometimes. I, I can't stand to go scan my own groceries, but now I'm starting to get used to that because we're starting to be trained that that's okay. And then business, I think is starting to follow suit that the consumer is okay with some automation. Um, so what I'm saying is a lot of people who are the boomers getting out of business, the new ones coming in, the new Gen Xs are looking at, you know, how can I do automation? How can I outsource? How can I have global employees um, and really make the business more relevant in what today's world allows us to operate in? Yeah, especially with today's technology. I yeah. mean, you go back. I mean, I've always done. Uh, I mean, Zoom wasn't always around, but before Zoom was Skype, right? Yep, absolutely. And, and I used to use Skype with clients, just same thing we're doing same. here, right? Before that. 
And my philosophy behind that was always, okay, so here's your choice. You can either put me on a plane, pay for my plane ticket, bring me out there for two or three days, pay for all my meals. I'm going to drink a lot of beer and scotch (laughs) (laughs) and it's going to be really expensive, right? Yeah. Or we can meet here for an hour every week and accomplish the same thing. Bingo. And that's a great example of what I think the trains that you and I have been doing that for a long time, it sounds like, but I think that's becoming more and more acceptable and having, I think for CEO to have the vision and the understanding, regardless of what age they're at or generation, that this is where we're at today. And if you fight it too long, then you just, your business becomes irrelevant. I mean, we still have to be, still have to have the culture that you want as a business owner, but for a business to survive, it has to be relevant has to have the right parts in place. And the parts in place today are way different than they were probably three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'll tell you, I, every Monday night I go over to my neighbor's house. He's one of the ex CEOs of Oracle and I go over and we watch a sport or whatever, you know, and smoke cigars, drink scotch. And, you know, he's an ex Marine. -Marine. I'm an ex army guy. Right. Or, prior Marine or former Marine, they say. Very good. And so, so we just kind of, uh, you know, it's more like fodder talk from six o'clock to like nine 30, right. We don't really watch the game necessarily. It's back and forth, but, but, you know, you look at, he's 80, he'll be 81 this year. Right. Wow. What and, a cool opportunity. And <laughs> To, to pick that man's brain, number one, is just awesome. Um, and and uh, second off, he's got Warren Buffett on speed dial, by the way, which is really cool. Nice. Um, <laughs> just to see that on his phone. I'd have I've, to look at it. <laughs> I've, 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 been, I've been begging him. Can we just, I have three questions. I will make it quick. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and uh, so, but, you know, every once in a while we get on this conversation about technology and and you know zoom and all this stuff and he's like yeah back in my day you know you know we had to actually go out and shake people's hands and talk to them right. and sit down and buy them a beer and you know can't even do, do all this now. yes just, you yeah. can't even do it now right so it's like look how much that's changed right you know, some know, of the you, most su- successful people i've seen that have made it to 79 80 81 which you know you and i are uh-huh. hoping to get there um <laughs> they have adopted they've changed over the years i remember when i had a real estate company tom he was 80 and was my highest educated technology guy anything with apple he could fix it mm. and i'm still inspired by people who can move forward with technology and move forward change that well and and those yeah. who can't like even you and I, sometimes it's tough. If you, if you're not changing appropriately, then you sort of get left behind sometimes. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I can speak for sure about that. Zoom pops up and said, would you like to update? I guess I got to, cause I've hit ignore like 900 <laughs> times. Right. Right. Hit the button update. And it's like, burr, 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 and you wonder if it's like coming to life. <laughs> <laughs> 10,000 pop-ups come and hit you in the face and you're like, Oh my God, I broke it. I broke the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do, I do so, to circle back to your, the, the problem with the changing of the guards, I say that there's a lot of opportunities for business owners who aren't trying to step in and replicate what the current owner has done. You know, you're paying for that or some value to that, but understanding how can you make improvements? Where can you add value? 
uh, just like any relationship is always seeking to add value, make improvements and, and not be stale. Yeah, for sure. What's the biggest thing that you would say most companies are, they're missing when you walk into that relationship? Um, wow, that's a great question. So I would say, you know, and you know, this as a coaching consultant is we have the ability as an outsider, whether it's a business broker or a consultant, right? as an outsider and with experience, we have the ability really to see their blind spots. Mm-hmm. And you know, just like driving, you get behind the wheel, you can only see so many things and you're sitting there. Um, often what I find is great record keeping, um, having the right team in place, paying the right team enough money to stay in place, uh, continue to be fresh. You know, it's difficult. Put yourself in the shoes of a buyer. It's difficult to come in and see that the 20 employees out of 20, half may be retiring in three years. That's mm-hmm. difficult when you've got a, a business who really relies on that information that those employees have and the team has. So making sure you get great systems and processes and, and continue to stay relevant. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, thanks for kind of shedding some light on that whole brokerage thing. I know it's uh, a lot of people don't know a lot about how to sell a business, right? Or um, how do you prepare a business for sale? How do you, you know, do all the things that are required? How do you evaluate a business, right? Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned know, that. that. That's probably one of my most enjoyable, worth. most enjoyable things: getting on a Zoom meeting and helping value a business. For yeah. me, it's super simple. I mean, there's there's some technique and talent and artistic side to it, but it's sharing that with a business owner is so eye opening because they, you know, most owners think. Nobody thinks your baby's ugly, right? And until you really start <laughs> looking at other babies, maybe then you you compare them. But helping them understand here's your at today, and certainly if it was a stock, you would know what the price of Apple stock is. But mm-hmm. with your own business, you lose sight of that so quickly, or a lot of people do. Yeah, understanding the value of it's huge. Yeah, is there a basic formula that most businesses could use to like say, well, I make this much revenue? And so this is about what my company's valued at. Yeah. So I would say, I want to be real careful with this one because I don't want to mislead yeah. anyone without knowing right. what they're really up against. Right, right. You and I are at a bar. We're having that conversation. My go-to answer is most businesses, if we look at the net income that the owner makes, and that means net bottom line in the bank account. And then we add back anything else like vacations or extra vehicle or any of these silly things that you made decisions on that maybe the next owner wouldn't make those same decisions. Mm-hmm. So once we add back that revenue that could be used differently, we would then look at that number and apply a multiplier to it typically. That mm-hmm. multiplier could be anywhere from one to five. So if you're making right. $100,000 a year, just for easy round number, if the business is very heavy with the owner having to be there and having bad systems and bad accounting, be closer to that one. If the owner could walk away and take three weeks off or three months off and you get great process and, and people in place in the right industry, that number might be closer to a five. So five times that net owner income, mm-hmm. discretionary income. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's there's benchmarks I use depending on the industry, depending on the size of the, the business. If it's a big, heavy business as a large market share, that's great. If there's opportunity for a larger market share, but that's that's kind of a go-to just round numbers. I've had a lot of small businesses get confused with that though and think it's a multiplier times sales. 
And that's, that's right. completely the wrong direction to go because it, that can be very deceiving sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I thought until you just said net. I always thought it was top line, not bottom. Right. Well, so that's, uh, that's an easy mistake. And, mm-hmm. and there's a way to do that. There is math that works with that. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, most buyers are financial buyers. You're looking at present value and future value. Basically, how much mm-hmm. am I going to spend today to get X amount back over the next three to five years? Right. Well, that makes total sense because it's the output, right? That's right. It's output, investment like anything not, else. Yeah. It's the output, not the input. That's right. So, and service industries, recurring revenue. There's a lot of industries that are really hot right now. Right. Um, but any you know, value in business is fun and, and certainly letting an owner know what they have. And then they can make decisions to sell it or build it or grow it or whatever the, the next strategic plan may be. Right, right. For sure. Well, hey, part of this podcast is helping that that young business owner, right? So Awesome. Um, yes. We're, bu- we're building up a uh, for lack of better words, a war chest of business struggles, right? And Love it. so if you could share a business struggle you went through and all the years of business that you've been, I know you got buckets of them like the rest of us, but yep. if you could pick one to share, what would that be and how to, how to overcome it? Great question. Uh, just one though, huh? <laughs> yeah, just one. <clears throat> so I would say my, my advice and my struggle at some point early on would have been to at some point, find a way to promote yourself. Somebody has to be CEO and either learn the skills that it takes to be the CEO of your business, because quite often you just don't have those skills yet. Most business owners are maybe a great practitioner or they have a a strong interest in whatever that industry or that, that business is in, but they may not have the skill set to truly run a business and be a visionary and see what the next three, five, 10 years should look like. You know, finding somebody to hire that can do the things that you don't want to do. And I, I always assume everybody's heard that, but I don't think everybody has. You know, it's you may be a great salesperson, great, stay in sales and eventually get the skill set to promote yourself to CEO. Or you might want to be in the back of the house and doing accounting and bookkeeping, and you might be a great CFO, but go find that CEO or a consultant or a fractional C level person to truly run the company. Um, I've went through this. I've, I've found that otherwise you get burnt out. You can only be you know, great at everything for so many years. You've got, in my opinion, a three to five year run at, at being everything until eventually you hit a wall. And none of us believe that early on, but you've got to grow the business fast enough to get out of that daily grind before you get burnt out. It's almost a ticking clock. You know, how quickly can I either get a CEO or be the CEO or find somebody to do the stuff I hate doing that way I can elevate myself before I crash and get burnt out. And that's always a race and a timeline that you just don't see when you're in the weeds. Right. Yeah. I've found through all my other companies, the, the best thing you can do when you can do it is step out of the CEO role and take a chair, be a chairman. Yeah. I love that. Be a chair for the Mm -hmm. company and just pick up your damn check at the end of the month. Give Amen. your inputs. Give your inputs where you think they're needed. Put a CEO in place. Find a good, young, hungry CEO or general manager, right? Right, right. Um, and put them in place and let them run. Let them run with it. And, That's why I love talking to you, Jason. You yeah. took my idea and upped it one. You're spot on. <laughs> 
quite spot on. <laughs> no, I know you did. I didn't mean it like that. But absolutely. That's, that's exactly where you want to end up at. And so many business owners, either they, in their mind, they can't afford it or they can't right. see that far ahead. And you'll get lost in that daily grind three to five years and it'll be even tougher at that point. Yeah. And that to, to another, to address that, right. You said something that was key. Business owners don't think they can afford it. You can, you can afford it, but you're just not creating the ability to afford it because you don't have to. That's right. So when you put somebody there, now you have to afford it. So that will force you to go figure out how to afford it. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. We're all so much more yeah. capable than what, what we perform yeah. every day. I mean, think oh, in high school when you had that homework project, if you wait to the very last minute, you get it done. Yeah, you know, right? we're, we're able to do, we kind of live in that space of whatever space we have to fill. But mm-hmm. absolutely, that's uh, so easy to end up there though, isn't it? I know you see a lot of people like that. that it's, it's, I've been there myself. And you you circle back to the value of the business. Mm -hmm. You're devaluing your business while you're hustling is 60, 80 hours a week being the business. And then you hit burnout. Now you've got a business that's really not even worth anything because nobody else can step in and run it, nor they want to. I mean, Mm -hmm. buying a job, I don't think should be the goal for some it is. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I often joke around and I say, I'd rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else. But I mean, that's true to a point, right? I mean, obviously. Because you know that you won't work 80 hours forever for yourself. You'll find your way to elevate to that board seat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so it's that's a great piece of advice though. Um, and, And sooner rather than later. And one thing I always say is, do everything just in time, right? So do it just in time. But the second you limit yourself, right? And say, I can't afford it, right? You just put a lock on it. And through that takes courage too. If I think that would be the main word of that is having the courage Mm -hmm. to truly create and run and operate a business like a business and not get buried in the daily. You know, most everybody's probably read the E-Myth. That's a great book if you haven't. I highly recommend it on this topic is yeah. baking cakes to run a bakery. You know, it's <laughs> right. That's true. You can only a do lot that. Of, so a lot of I remember one of the very first clients I work with, um, really good at construction. I mean, could build you a house in a week, probably, right? But but running a business, awful, <laughs> right? Paying people in the back room with cash, you know, but hell, half of them are probably illegal. But yeah, right. I mean, but just everybody got paid in cash, go to the bank every week, be in the back of the garage, paying everybody in cash, terrible business owner. Right. Um, and I think people know better. They just get in a cycle of things. And That's then right. you have to realize when you know better then you do better. Right. So, yeah. And just yeah, to get back I, to having the courage to, you know, you've got to reinvent yourself. The world, today's yeah. world changes way too fast right. to think you can plug yourself into your own business and just treat it like a job and working yeah. these 80 hours a week. That's, that's not impressive to me. You know, a lot of business owners right. I talk to when they first call about selling their business, they, they, I think brag about how many hours you're putting in and that's not really what I want to do. I mean, it's right. why would you, when there's, you, know, you should have other things outside of that, but it's just having blinders on and not having the courage to, promote yourself or bring somebody in to, to do some of that other work. 
Right. And I think a huge fallacy is if I work harder and work more hours, I'll have a better outcome. Right. That's not true because, <laughs> because you can work for 80 hours a week doing 80 hours of all the wrong shit. And, Absolutely. <laughs> and some things and do take not, time. Yeah, I sure. read the other day somewhere that you can't, you can't get nine ladies in a room and have a baby in one month. It still takes nine months yeah. Just because there's, there's nine women in the room. Doesn't mean you get a baby in a month. <laughs> right. You still have some blocking and tackling and strategic planning that has to happen. Right. 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 For sure. Definitely. Well, Hey, Mike, I always like to close out the conversation with this question. And that is if you could have picked someone to be on the show, dead or alive, friend, family, whatever, uh, and answer a burning question you've always had, what would the question be and who would have you brought on the show? Wow. Okay. Um, a lot of names come. Yeah. I kind of want to say Elon Musk right now, just because he's pretty big on the news, but I'm <laughs> yes, just not sure what that one question would be. Um, <clears throat> you know, let's, let's go with Stephen Covey only mm-hmm. because he has been a big part of my life through books I've read. And it, sometimes people ask you what the, the best book that you have. And I always look up at my bookshelf, but um, I would ask Stephen Covey where he get the inspiration to be such a thought leader. And would love to hear his response. I'm sure that uh, there's probably books on Stephen Covey and how we, how we think he did. But I'd love to hear from him if he's still around to tell us, you know, how did you get inspired to help others and, and find such an articulate way to do so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very interesting mind, right? Absolutely, yeah. For sure. It's, you know, we can read books, but be so, to your point, it'd be so interesting to have that person live to ask them those questions like your neighbor. What a, a great resource right. to have of historical information and the, the battles yeah. literally that he's been through. Yeah. He always just tells me to leave a check for 10 grand on the table on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I'm not sure if he's not going to be kidding or not. So that 10 grand, like inclusive <laughs> advice and counseling and yeah. all kinds of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I have to buy all the booze and cigars. Man, <laughs> I do get out to, to uh, Colorado sometimes, so I'll make sure maybe I can plan it on a night and uh, go yeah, visit plan, one. plan it on a, mon- a Monday night, every Monday night. <laughs> Love that. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, well, hey, Mike, how do people get a hold of you to work with you, brother? Yeah, so probably the easiest way, you know, LinkedIn, we're all on LinkedIn, hopefully, uh, Mike Stewart. Uh, you can always go to my one of my main websites, visionfox.com. Uh, just like it sounds, vision like 2020 and fox like the animal. But uh, would love to help you any way I can. That's that's what I do. I'm like you. I've got kind of a servant's heart and enjoy the mechanics of business uh, yeah. and offering some some different uh, visuals that maybe you don't have when you're stuck in the weeds. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, good stuff, Mike Stewart, VisionFox.com. Go see him. Go see the man. If you're thinking about selling that business, go talk to him. He's the guy. Awesome. All right. Jason, I appreciate Mike, you. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Mike. I appreciate you taking your time to be here. I know time is one thing. Money is another. You can make more of that, but you can't make time. So I appreciate you taking the time to be here with me in my moment today. Always enjoy your friendship. I appreciate that and enjoy seeing what you guys are doing over there. It's awesome to, to see you help so many people. So I appreciate it, Jason. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you for tuning in today to this episode of War, War Room Moments. Remember, go dream it, believe it, and achieve it. And if you're going to sell it, talk to Mike.
<laughs> I love it. Add that to your slogan. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, this is Jason Miller, your podcast host, signing off. Thanks for listening to War Room Moments with your host, Jason Miller. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.